You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. If you enjoy this program, please support it by becoming a patron for only $1 per month. Becoming a patron will not only ensure that this podcast continues, it will grant you membership to an exclusive Facebook group that will allow you to connect with other listeners and continue the conversation. For more details, please visit ayahuascatalks.love and click on the green Become a Patron button in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage. This will provide you with more information and an opportunity to contribute. For more ayahuasca integration content, please visit RebeccaHayden.com. And to connect with me directly, please email Rebecca.Hayden at gmail.com. Hello, it's Rebecca here, and I just wanted to say a few things before this episode begins. Firstly, we're going through some sound transitions and working out the kinks, so my apologies if the sound fades at times during this episode. I'm working on improvements thanks to my wonderful supporters, so we can look forward to better sound as things move forward. I wanted to thank these supporters especially. My angel supporters are Lukas Jaworski, Rick Whaler, and someone who wishes to remain anonymous, but I'm sending him gratitude for his generous donation. For a full list of my allied and essential supporters, please visit ayahuascatalks.love and scroll down on the left. Finally, my heartfelt thanks to Chris Whitside, who is not only a financial supporter, but who has been a longtime volunteer who's helped with this podcast in ways that are impossible to list. I'm sending you all my gratitude and my love. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today, I have a special guest. It's uh, Vedant Arun. He is a medical biophysicist pursuing scientific consciousness research, and he's a fellow ayahuasca traveler, of course, and the founder of a company called Nirvanic Naturals, and we'll get more into that in a bit. Um, Hello, Vedant. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for uh, having me on here to, to share my story, our mutual story, and I guess a story that many of your listeners can resonate with. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get right into it because it's a very interesting one. Um, and I'd love to start with, um, with how we met, because we met on an ayahuasca retreat, right? We did indeed, yeah. Um, we met in an ayahuasca retreat, and it was... It was a beautiful journey. I I was going to say that I remember it being, um, I'm a very huggy person, generally speaking, but for some reason, as soon as I saw you for the very first time, I just felt like coming up and hugging you. (laughs) (laughs) You are indeed really warm. And I think we recognize that there was some alignment in our journeys in terms of where we're coming from, where we were going. And I, I think that initial connection was powerful and started to unfold as we got to know each other. Yeah. I, I, did you want to talk about the experiences you had uh, during that retreat or do you want to move on to, um, to some future experiences? I think in a nutshell, the experience in that ceremony was about letting go of uh, polarities, letting go of how we perceive, label and judge events and emotions as being good and bad or positive and negative and recognizing that that the real purpose is to walk on the edge of a blade where it's 
that space of stillness and awareness without judgment. And that's a lesson that continued to manifest in many ways that ceremony onwards. Right. Okay. So, and then we kept in touch and yeah, I, I think that I reached out to you at one point offering you to make you a blend because I get these downloads about these, you know, special blends of um, essential oils that are used uh, to create in daily intentions. And for some reason I got a download. I often get these in the shower. I know it's very strange, but for me, for me the showers become like a really spiritual experience too. And I don't think it's um, surprising because, you know, it's, it's a very, um, uh, essential part of a lot of spiritual traditions around the world in many different religions and, and faiths. Um, but anyway, there I was, and I contacted you and, and yeah, you had an interesting experience with it because of, uh, of what your intention was and the things that happened afterwards. That was indeed interesting because when you reached out to me, um, and asked if, if there was something I was going through that could be helped with this blend that the formula for which you received. I was indeed going through, I guess, uh, my own lessons as it pertained to anger, resentment, and, and coming to a place of love. And it's funny how these things work. You, you think you're going to receive something that's going to take you to that place of peace, joy, and love. But the truth is, sometimes you have to take a step back to be able to leapfrog ahead. And that's exactly what happened. Because as I started using the blend, there were a lot of interactions that manifested that took me to a place of anger, maybe a sense of even a victim consciousness as being at the receiving end of unjustified exercise of power by authority figures who could wield said power uh, with no recourse. And when, when the mind gets still, I think the clarity emerges that it's, it's about being able to tap into that space of compassion, that space of love, regardless of what triggers and buttons are pushed. Yeah, and that's a journey in and of itself, <laughs> a long one for many of us, right? There's long yeah. histories behind that, but it, it's, it's pretty amazing. And I think it's important to note that when we create an intention like love, we are going to, you know, most of us will have to traverse all of those barriers that exist, right, within us to that place of love, right? Absolutely. And that's where real growth happens. So I think that you used it for a while and then you had to take a break because those can be very challenging experiences, right? <laughs> I think yeah, I, that in an ayahuasca ex experience is like okay you can lay off on that for a while <laughs> <laughs> you, you know some of us like living life in the fast lane and we like to be as efficient as possible and make the most of the time we have but I think it's equally important to be able to step back relax integrate all of the lessons as they've come mm -hmm. and try and tap into a state of flow yeah, absolutely. So um, then I think the next time we connected was uh, the, the integration workshop that I gave in Toronto. And that, that was another very helpful integrative experience. Because during a deep ayahuasca experience, there's just so much that comes up, so much that we try and work through. 
that as the days go by, it's, it's just a faint memory of highlights that, that we remember. But as we did the ayahuasca integration workshop, I think a lot of key themes started to emerge. And it was a great reminder for, for the lessons that may have fallen by the wayside. And I think one topic that we covered in detail was about personal power, mm-hmm. uh, honoring self-worth, recognizing our value, and, and recognizing how value, energy, and money flows and doesn't stagnate. Um, and as it relates to healthy boundaries, that was a, a big theme also. Right. And I think that was another one of those uh, pivotal moments. So then I think that we fell out of touch for a while and then there was this synchronicity around C60. So I'd love for you to, uh, to talk about that whole ayahuasca experience you had that introduced you to this uh, incredible molecule that eventually would um, inspire you to form the company that you, you now um, own, which is Nirvanic Naturals. Because we do, a lot of us, get these inspirations from ayahuasca they they create our whole path in a way and this was a fascinating path and and i'd love you to to share the very beginning of it in that ayahuasca experience and what that was like it it did indeed set me on a very interesting path and it it stemmed from an experience which was fairly peaceful and i was meditating and trying to stay maintain my mental balance and there was this vision that was presented to me of a geometric figure and and while I'm clairsentient I'm not very visual so to see this geometric figure appear was very very intriguing to me and um, just meditate on it and even after ceremony there were a lot of interesting manifestations and representations of this this geometric shape that started to appear, uh, be it in front of, of a store um, or in the form of a structure, uh, architectural structure. And a few weeks after, while listening to a podcast, someone mentioned uh, carbon 60 or C60 for short, which immediately caught my attention and I didn't know why. And as I started looking into it, I realized that the, the geometric shape I had seen during my experience was actually the molecular structure of C60. Um, and uh, that took me down a very interesting rabbit hole as I started looking at all of the scientific publications so on this topic. How about you tell us what C60 is in a nutshell? In a nutshell, it's a soccer ball shaped molecule that the discoverers, the scientists who discovered C60 were awarded the Nobel Prize for how significant a discovery this molecule was. As more research was done, they discovered that it's a very, very potent antioxidant that helps with many things to do with inflammation. And they found it was 172 times more potent than vitamin C. But what really captured the attention of the scientific community was a particular study that showed that rats that were given C60 lived for twice as long than ones that didn't. And no study until that point 
using any sort of a drug, supplement, or medicine that extended lifespan by that length. And there okay. were a lot of interesting findings that came from there. But, but in a nutshell, this is the magic that immediately captured my interest. Right, because actually, as it turns out, um, there was a whole community that discovered the health benefits because animals were starting to um, to ingest the substance from a mountain in the Himalayas that contained C60, and they were noticing that these animals just, you know, had longer lives and were very healthy, and they started ingesting it and just reaped reaped all the rewards, beneficial, the health beneficial rewards, right? And that's how they discovered for themselves, but I'm sure that it was discovered in other ways and in other areas. I think that I also found, uh, discovered that it was, uh, wasn't it uh, a result of a meteor crash or something? Can you expand on that? There's one source of carbon-60, which uh, is, is indeed the result of a meteorite that crashed in uh, in Russia and shungite, the crystal shungite, is mined from this meteorite. It's not really occurring on Earth. It's only found in this one place and shungite contains trace amounts of carbon-60 and that's what scientists believe confers shungite with its radioprotective properties. Okay. Yeah. And it's, I mean, when you think about it, it's a pretty spectacular idea that we are ingesting something from space. Although, of course, when it comes down to it, you know, there's, there's also the question of, well, where do we ultimately come from if this body is not really our whole history, right? So um, I guess it's not surprising that it resonates with us and that it's so healthy. Um, maybe it was sent from the place where, you know, we all come from <laughs> to assist us in this life. Um, so, yeah, let's, then we connected uh, after that. I, you happened to be thinking that that was another synchronicity around all of this, right? Absolutely. That was, that was indeed another synchronicity. I was, uh, I was driving to a hospital to perform surgery and all of a sudden there was a thought that popped into my head that didn't seem like it was my own. And the two words were Rebecca C60. And I immediately thought to myself that we hadn't really been in touch for a while, but there was something that nudged me to contact you. And as soon as I pulled into the hospital parking lot, I pulled out my phone and I saw that I had just about in the past five minutes received a text from you yeah. and that was <laughs> that was absolutely mind-blowing because we hadn't been in touch and all of a sudden just as you were on my mind I received a text from you and you mentioned that I had been on your mind for yeah. a week or so until you decided to reach out so immediately I think there was a deep conviction that there was a reason we were being reconnected Oh yeah, this happens all the time with us now too. It's pretty funny the way it, it, it happens. It's like, okay, we've got our own like, you know, connection beyond technology. We just use the technology to confirm it. <laughs> <laughs> I ring you up in my head and go, okay, I should be hearing from him any minute. So um, yeah, and then you shared that with me. I think, yeah, then, then we got together and you shared that with me. And for me, it was, um, it felt like the experience I have when I do a dieta, like I've done uh, 
dietas with um, ajosacha and other, you know, Peruvian medicines where during the time that you're on this restricted diet and you're having this experience, um, you feel like you connect with, with the spirit behind it. And that's, that's the experience I had with C60. And then, of course, I shared it and, um, and my cat loves it. My, my cat actually wants it every single morning now, thankfully in, in little drops. <laughs> <laughs> if it's cat approved, there must be something to it, right? <laughs> well, and this brings me back, you know, it reminded me when she, when it resonated with her so deeply, it reminded me of that story of the animals that were, it's like there's this instinctive um, capacity within animals to know, you know, what's good for them. And it, it actually reminds me of another story I heard along those lines where, um, they were testing out animals' response to GMO foods. And uh, I can't remember if it was cows or anyway, they had this feed in front of these animals, one with GMO and one without. And all the animals went for the, the feed without the GMO. And again, there's this instinctive knowledge, you know, within them of what's good for them and what they should avoid. And I think we have that too. I just think we have layers of stuff on top of that that we are removing with the help of you know, uh, different allies like, like ayahuasca. Um, yeah. And I shared it with my sister who, who gave it to her cat who has a very serious condition. Um, and, and this cat is, uh, is debilitated by it. Can't stand up and move around like normal cats. And, um, she really devotes a lot of her time to taking care of it. And when she gave the C60 to this cat, it started standing and it just became a lot more responsive and alert. And, and uh, it's been an amazing, really, experience. I, I know you know of other stories with animals where it's really been helpful as well. And people, of course. And, and it's especially heartwarming when a family pet has a significant improvement in health, uh, whereas nothing else seems to be able to work as quickly for them. And right. this is indeed a recurring theme. And it just, I just want to tie it back in with another point you made, which is about, you know, we, we are celestial beings and, and maybe C60 is just coming back from where we originated from. And it's, it's about the sense of balance. As there are more challenges around us, as there are more, say, toxic insults that impact our health, mm -hmm. um, mental and physical, there are just as many allies that seem to emerge from, from many, many different avenues to be able to help us through whatever challenges we might be faced with. It's true, if we're open to that. And that's a really important point too. So, um, uh, but let's get back to the whole journey that Ayahuasca have sent you on with C60 because I think it pushed you out of your comfort zone. I mean, there's a lot about it that is very clearly and obviously such a great path for you. The science behind it, you know, I mean, so custom designed for you. Um, and being able to help people also resonates with you deeply, being of service. But there was an aspect of this that you were uncomfortable with, which is the, the whole business side of things, right? I had a huge block around that, that aspect in particular. I, as a researcher, as an academic, as a scientist, healthcare practitioner, I, I prided myself in not sullying my values in a very capitalist shroud. Everything to do with the transaction of money um, was deeply tied with exploitation and misuse of power in my mind. 
and ayahuasca started to gently bring those belief systems up to the surface and to my attention and created a sandbox with C60 to help me revisit those and work through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just, I- just as she brought it to my attention, as always, she did provide me with tools and allies to help me work through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that is always the case where there's these elegant solutions that come through because some of us are put on this path and it's like, oh my God, you know, the first time I had to go and speak publicly about my ayahuasca experiences, all the rest of it, I just felt like (laughs) it was such, it felt like such a burden and an honor at the same time, you know, but I know that there, now that you speak about this um, in terms of how many different things that you ended up working on as a result and working through as a result of this um, being gifted to you in your ceremony. I got to work through so many things when I was asked to do that. Um, and it, and it all benefited me no matter how challenging it was at the time, you know, in the end, especially hindsight is wonderful. And then the rest, (laughs) it's faith and also being aware of those tools that, and, and allies that you have along the way. And I think that um, it's interesting, the theme that continues, right? Because in the workshop, one of the themes that really stood out for you was that personal power theme. And then now you're being asked to um, to harness that, um, to bring C60, you know, out, um, out and share it with the public, you know? So then... I think we, uh, oh yeah, I was, uh, I began to offer uh, hypnosis sessions integratively, right? That's right. And, and I feel like that's one of the reasons we were brought to reconnect again. It was, it was almost like an exchange of skill sets and energy. As C60 entered your realm of awareness, mm-hmm. you introduced hypnosis into my realm. And whereas in the past, I'd never attributed too much credibility to, um, to therapies, to, to talk therapies, counseling or hypnosis, there was something about the circumstance that really resonated with me. And that's when you helped me, I guess, tap into the belief systems, the specific beliefs I'd held onto that were no longer conducive to the, to the direction I was being guided to head in head towards. Right. Well, actually, it's you that helped you. Hypnosis was just the, the vehicle, right? I mean, it's always the way, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that that's a great reminder in itself. We have all the tools we need. We are self-empowered to get through any challenges we might perceive. And maybe we just come across those for reflections or or just echo back what we already know. Yeah. But, but it, was, it was lovely how it did come to be. So there's all these layers in between that deeper part of us that ayahuasca reveals to us that's all powerful and all knowing and, and all wonderful. And then there's these layers we have. And working through those layers, there's all kinds of tools out there. And, and hypnosis just happened to eventually resonate with me. I had all kinds of concerns and and. Um, you know, distorted preconceptions about it as well. But then when I realized that it could be a journeying tool, I liked that idea because I know from my shamanic training that, you know, and experiences that um, 
that it's it's very empowering stuff journeying you know journeying within and and discovering all that great stuff that we have inside of us and so uh, do you feel comfortable sharing some of those experiences that you had with the journey um through hypnosis absolutely just to put it in context one of one of the guidances i had received from ayahuasca was to not just make C60 and share it, but to form a business and sell it to whoever might be seeking it in exchange for money. And immediately it didn't sit well with me because it felt like such a gift from the medicine that for me to then sell it in exchange for money felt like I was selling the nature in which it came to be. And so anything to do with money suddenly became slightly uncomfortable and as we continued working I think there was a lot more clarity on the fact that it's about an exchange of value Mm -hmm. you offer something of value and you receive something of value regardless of what form it takes in our economy a monetary exchange of value is convenient because of liquidity but it comes down to value needing to be exchanged and balance needing to be restored so as we did our work and journey into this, the hypnosis experiences, a lot, of, a lot of wisdom that started percolated through, much mm-hmm. like the wisdom we'd receive when in an ayahuasca ceremony. Right. And then you also got to, you know, confront some of the things that were in the way. And, um, and I would love for you to tell the story as much as you want about the guide that you, you met, because we do that work too, where you can connect with guides through this kind of journeying and you had an interesting experience there. Yeah, so in a few ceremonies with different plant medicines, there there has been a Buddhist monk that does appear as as a guide. And it was very interesting because in one of the guided hypnosis sessions, the same Buddhist monk did indeed appear. And I'm not sure if I'd had that experience without the help of medicines and being able to connect with the guide. And, and he, was, he was very gentle and kind in, in helping me overcome those beliefs and recognizing that the fear of power, specifically the fear of the abuse of power, was another deep-seated fear of mine and very gently helped me realize that power is like, like a speeding car. You could use it to run someone over. You could rush someone to a hospital. It's about how it's used. It's, it's raw force. Yeah. How you use it is what determines um, the ethics around it and the outcome. And so, and so I started to accept that I'm offering something of value and those who recognize it would like to exchange that value. And I could just reinvest it into making it more accessible and available, making C60 more accessible and available to those who might need it and, and may not always be able to afford it. But it certainly helped me start crawling out of the negative belief system I'd entrenched myself into. Right. And it's helping people in a very uh, particular way. Um, I know that for me, the personal power issue was, was, was pretty big. So as soon as I got back from 
my first um, retreat in Peru. Uh, that was a big topic of discussion with this inner dialogue um, was how do I feel about power? And when uh, I was first asked that, um, I had immediately what came to mind was, you know, um, powerful people and entities in this world that have done a lot of destructive, aggressive, um, harmful things. So my relationship with power was was not a good one. And then we, uh, you know, set forth changing that relationship that I had with power. And I had to recognize where it was coming from and how distorted it was due to the fact that I was associating it with those entities outside of myself, not me, you know, I, I had to bring it back and, but what does power mean to me personally, you know, and, and then it, it all can change if you, if you allow it to do so and you do it intentionally. And of course, this was one of your intentions um, uh, regarding our work with integration. So it seems to have unfolded in interesting ways and that monk, so that monk came up in ayahuasca and also when you journeyed with me, right? That's right. And then uh, if you're okay with telling the story, how you ended up learning of the monk um, who was uh, affiliated with a friend of yours, right? That's right. Um, I have a good friend who's based out of Bangkok in Thailand who I had met through another series of synchronicities. And we were both working on our respective projects and we decided we'd tell each other about our projects when it's near completion. So when I did share the website and tell her about C60, she immediately resonated with it. And as it started helping her deepen her meditation, she felt called to share it with her, her teacher, her monk, who had recently been diagnosed with uh, cancer. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to try whatever they could to help alleviate his pain and improve his outcomes and quality of life. So I just wanted to like um, summarize a long story and, and say that the monk did indeed resonate with it. And um, over a period of months, we had a relationship. And at one point, he, uh, he did extend to me a blessing, um, letting me know that he's happy to accept me as a student if I'd like to accept him as my teacher and as someone who'd spent years searching for a teacher and hearing the adage that when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear for it to actually happen. It was just such a blessing. It was just magnificent. And that's how I was able to connect with the monk. Wow. So do you believe that this is the same person that was showing up in your experiences? I, I certainly do believe so. I've, I've really tried to stay away from asserting anything with absolute certainty. <laughs> I really do believe <laughs> it was indeed this monk who had been guiding me all along in the etheric. And now the time had come for us to connect in the material. All right. So then you told me about all the things that happened when you traveled to L.A., and you were firmly on this path. We'd done the integrative work and, and all of these um, C60 confirmations kept showing up, right? Yes, I, LA was indeed a magical experience. Given the circumstances that resulted in me visiting LA were just unforeseen. And uh, a very good friend of mine and I, we did an ayahuasca ceremony in LA, which is a very powerful one. 
I was again in a beautiful meditative state and I was whisked away to what I call spirit school where, <laughs> <laughs> where I receive all of these lessons <laughs> much like we all do right and it was about the metaphysical properties of carbon 60 the quantum properties and how it can function as a vessel for our consciousness to fully express itself beyond the density of the physical body by aligning our physical body with our subtle energetics to reach our full potential. And it was absolutely exhilarating. And even after the ceremony concluded, uh, my friend and I, we decided to spontaneously drive to Joshua Tree National Park three hours away in the middle of the night when we're at Sunset Boulevard. And lo and behold, we chanced upon this uh, beautiful structure that was four stories high. It was a beautiful um, art studio and it was in the shape of carbon 60s molecular structure. <laughs> and that was absolutely fascinating. If I needed any affirmation or confirmation that I was on the right path with the right people, doing the right thing with the right intention, well, that huge structure certainly made it hard to, to ignore. Right. And, and so it was lovely because we got to speak with the couple who lived in the home. Right. Tell us and about that. Did you share with them <laughs> the whole C60 journey? <laughs> yes. A, a part of their home, like I said, was is an art studio and it happened to be a Sunday and the studio was closed, but having come all the way there and just the sheer magic of the synchronicity, I couldn't help myself but to knock on their door and just introduce ourselves and let them know what it was that brought us to their doorstep. And they immediately, they were so welcoming and warm and they had experienced the same magic when they first saw that home, which mm -hmm. is why which is why Chuck, who's a phenomenal artist, a very celebrated artist, and his wife, Holdy, who's a powerhouse and a tremendously great Hollywood actress. Chuck and Holdy gave everything up in Hollywood, in the material at least, moved all the way to the desert to live in this home that was calling them. And it was just a beautiful space of creativity and joy for them. And we spent hours, hours, just enjoying each other's company and uh, partaking in the magic and only left because we, we would have missed our flight out of LA, which I don't think my friend or I would have been too heartbroken over. <laughs> yeah, no, especially when you're having magical experiences like that. And um, wow, you know, I'm still, I, I, I can't help it still, you know, think about the way ayahuasca presented it to you beyond the whole, um, addressing physical ailments which of course c60 is brilliant at doing because you know of the anti antioxidants and and just the, the the sheer healing power that it has but it seems like ayahuasca wanted you to understand the deeper sense of of how it works with us and that's i think what i got from it was that ally you know knowing that it was it was helping me in ways that um are more subtle and different and yeah, I, I think it's pretty amazing that, you know, that's possible with these things. It's, it's just like ayahuasca to show us that, you know, 
we know full well when we ingest ayahuasca that it is not just the physical contents of that you know um, glass or you know container that we're ingesting it's it's a it's a huge experience beyond that and all kinds of interesting spirits entities energies whatever you want to call them are associated with it and and i think that um, there are other molecules and other substances and things that um that we have around us that that have that that those capacities as well and opening up to that is is an amazing thing and can change our relationship with with everything in our environment of course so then you had an experience in thailand that was similar these constant confirmations right that was that was also really funny because i had two objectives in going to bangkok one was to meet the monk work under his guidance deepen my meditation practice at the temple and and grow and the second was to um, establish a partnership with my friend down there to be able to make b60 available to um, the spiritual community over there too and the very first day I landed, we had to go to the mall to buy myself some footwear, which I'd forgotten to take in my haste. And lo and behold, randomly, with a 20-foot high structure of carbon-60, <laughs> just, just there, what was it? <laughs> within a few hours of landing, it was such a great welcome. <laughs> was it just a building, or what, what was it? it? It certainly was not. It's something that could, um, I guess, be used as a habitat, but it was slightly, it was, it was used as an attraction. I uh -huh. think that's more what it was. And yes, there was room for you to enter it and experience the inside because it was made out of glass and it was very visually appealing. Oh, wow. I think it was, it was more as a, a piece of art that you could engage with more than usual. Did you take a picture of that? Oh, I, I did indeed. Oh, of course. I'd love to that. That sounds amazing. That's pretty funny, though. I can just hear you laughing on the plane going, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a lovely like, reminder to just take that moment and just breathe in all the magic and allow for the magic to manifest in ways that our thinking mind may not comprehend, but our feeling heart can certainly cherish. Yeah. And so on your journey now, do you find yourself, um, you know, growing more and more in terms of your um, comfort zone with prosperity and with using your power to, um, to improve your circumstances and to build this business and all of that? How do you feel about that now? Lessons continue. I'd like to believe I'm taking them in stride and I'm being as good a student as I can. It continues to, to take me out of my comfort zone in many regards, okay. not just the monetary aspect, which, which I've become a lot more comfortable with. But now it's, it's about elements of self-growth that can lend itself to my passion about raising C60 awareness and specifically about learning to become a better communicator, learning how to articulate my thoughts, to not... Um, shy away from, I guess, doing podcasts, for example. <laughs> I know, it's like a perfect <laughs> example of 
of the big <laughs> so let's let's um how about you think about where you were at like two years ago does that help you see how much you've kind of moved forward in your whole attitudes and ideas and beliefs around these things it's, it's been immense Absolutely. yeah even two years ago I was very happy doing what I was doing, which was what I now like to call my golden handcuffs. <laughs> I was very blessed to have a dream of, of a job where I went to work, did great work in terms of the people it could help. It was great karma work mm -hmm. and get my paycheck and I could continue on with my life outside of work. And over the past two years, all of that's now becoming a continuum where all of these opportunities have started arising about investing my time, my energy in something that will help me create a future that is better suited and more ideal than the one I even had two years ago or even presently. Since as my belief systems have evolved, I've just had so many lucky interactions with some very magical people, mm -hmm. very brilliant people. I just found myself doing things I didn't think I would do in terms of starting a business yeah. and spreading a message and stepping out of my shell and, and even enlisting social media right. that I shied away from to be able to connect with people, use it as a tool as opposed to fearing it as something that might take away from my peace of mind to realize that it is another tool and you can use it. Yeah. in a way that's positive and self-empowering for your community. And the, the opportunities just continue to open. The more belief systems, attachments, labels, and boxes I bring my awareness to and release, the yeah. more doors that open. And there's just an overarching feeling of being in the flow, being well, and feeling a lot of peace that's just undeniable and unquantifiable. That's wonderful. So um, we still have enough time to discuss something that I think is um, such a prevalent theme in our connection and, and even this story that of, you know, how we connected and, and continued to connect. Um, and it has to do with telepathy. It has to do with that, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that thing that happens when I think of you and, you know, see a message or vice versa, and it happens all the time between us. And I'm sure we're not the only ones. In fact, we know this because um, you're working on um, some studies around this, and I'm hoping that we can talk about that a little bit. Yes, it's, I guess it's one of those nice concrete examples um, to tie into when I mentioned many doors opening as a result of this journey. Well, one of the doors that opened was the opportunity to, to, to pursue a research project at a quantum physics lab um, where they had discovered really interesting phenomena and they wanted somebody to, to further their initial findings and explore quantum biology which in simpler words is nothing but consciousness. It's consciousness research that we're now doing. The initial finding was that we are 
indeed able to telepathically communicate with brain cells um, that are being grown outside of a living body. These brain cells are currently grown on a quartz crystal that resonates at a certain frequency. And when participants focus their attention on these brain cells, we're able to detect changes in the frequency that are reminiscent of these cells responding, communicating telepathically through this, this collective consciousness that we experience when in deep states of meditation or in medicine work. And what we're really trying to do is evaluate, scientifically study the phenomena of telepathy while holding it to a high scientific standard in the hopes that it just might give people permission to acknowledge a phenomena they already kind of, sort of, <laughs> think they experience, but still doubt because they're not able to scientifically validate it. Right. So but that's this, something we're working on now. Yeah, like this is an issue all the time. I mean, I, I never really was a very big science person, but I know that, um, that our beliefs in society are very much driven by the scientific community. What is possible and what is not, science seems to tell us. And it becomes a bit dictatorial in our minds in that respect. And, um, and I kind of, you know, I, I didn't question it too much uh, because I, I really didn't, that wasn't my focus before. But then, of course, ayahuasca comes along and blows out all of my beliefs and changes them utterly and completely, which is an ongoing thing i mean i i never get too comfortable in my beliefs because i know they're <laughs> it's, it's, it's <laughs> changing thing right um and then i realized that when we come out and tell our stories that of course they're going to sound you know ridiculous to people who um who are more materialist oriented and um and i think that this this kind of work is really important because it shows that we can demonstrate it in other ways, um, that we can actually give credibility to some of these stories that sound pretty fantastic. And of course, I think it's always helpful for us to remember that it sounded pretty fantastic for the earth to be around, you know, at one point. And <laughs> the science at the time proved that it had to be flat, you know. So, I mean, keeping an open mind is really important. It's one of the things that ayahuasca helps us to do is, is to open. Um, but I think for many of us, it would be um, a godsend to have some kind of studies to back up the kind of experiences we're having. I personally don't need it anymore. I, I used to be in this position where it's like, oh, it would be so great to find the science to back this up. Um, but I'm no longer concerned with whether people believe me or not. I experienced it for myself and that's enough for me. But I do know that it would help society a great deal, especially because telepathy is a very important aspect of our existence. Um, and this is what we call it when, you know, our thoughts uh, have that kind of power and affect other people. And ayahuasca for me, and I know many others has been constantly teaching about this. Um, the reason why ayahuasca is often focusing on our thoughts is because of the harm that it does us. But for me, and again, I'm sure others, 
it, I, there's also been these lessons about how it goes out into the world too, these thoughts, and they have an impact on, on, on our events, on how other people respond to us, all of these things. It's an attitude that can be felt, you know? And so you're doing the work to actually <clears throat> demonstrate that, that this, is, this can be proven, you know, scientifically, which is pretty amazing because I'll tell you, I think that it could change things a great deal. Just imagine if you walked around in this world and with the understanding that every thought that you had, everybody else could pick up on. Just imagine how quickly you would be motivated to change the way that you think, right? Absolutely. That would be such a powerful change when we recognize our thoughts have just as much power and impact as actions. We'd be just so much more mindful about the actions that do ensue and yeah. bring more awareness to our thoughts. And that's where real change starts. It starts with, with our thoughts. Yeah, with the atmosphere of the mind, um, because our thoughts create a whole, <clears throat> a whole atmosphere and energy, and that is felt, and, and it does um, precipitate events um, that happen around us. And I remember at the beginning when I was trying to become acclimatized to this whole concept, um, for me, it was helpful to imagine that, um, that I had like this computer screen on my head and everybody could see every thought I had, you know, <laughs> and it was a bit, you know, uh, it was a bit unnerving. At the yeah. And, uh, but eventually, you know, knowing that the, it wasn't exactly like that, but that I could use that analogy to, to start to appreciate the impact of my thoughts and the importance of them. And, you know, um, and start to really be motivated to do that work because it is it is serious work to change that atmosphere of the mind it takes effort and intention and concentration it takes time um, and and perseverance and it, it certainly pays off and i think that you know all the stories we've heard of ayahuasca integration has involved in one way or another changing that atmosphere of the mind and working on our thoughts and the power of our thoughts and understanding things differently. I'm sure that's something you've experienced too. <laughs> Maybe just a couple of times. <laughs> 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 Most certainly. And, and there's also this recurring theme that we're evolving past concepts of duality and focusing more on unity. It's, it's not about two different paradigms being at loggerheads. It's not about science versus spirituality, but it's about recognizing there's a spectrum of phenomena and they function as a whole. Mm -hmm. And once we broaden the rigid foundations and heuristics that, that guide our thoughts and hence our practice and hence our institutions, once we rethink the rigidity of these structures is where we could manifest a whole new reality. Sure. Yeah. And there can integrated be, reality. Yeah. And there can be harmony there, you know? Um, I know that uh, part of, of the integration that I've experienced was 
to step back from, you know, uh, from those aspects and, and even, you know, people and institutions and situations in life that, um, that weren't serving me and that were, were harmful. But um, it's also that distance and that, um, that space that I was given so that I could reimagine, you know, how that could be different. And I do see all of those possibilities now. Um, when sometimes when you're just so tightly involved with something or connected to it in a harmful way, it's really difficult to do that. But then you create distance and and an opportunity to become the observer, and you don't have those unhealthy attachments anymore, and you can see what's possible, and the possibilities that exist there are pretty phenomenal, really. And um, you know, without forcing, creating opportunities is, is a brilliant thing. And I think through research like this, we're creating opportunities for people to see things differently. And, and every, it's everybody's, you know, right to, to choose, you know, if they do that or not. But when the opportunities are there, I think it, it can be an amazing thing, right? Absolutely. So, um, I think that we will close off now having, uh, I, I'm so glad that we brought that up because I think that that's a really important, um, important piece with the integrative journey is, is our thoughts and knowing that there's research going on to support us exploring that further in different ways. And I'm just wondering if you would like to uh, provide people with an opportunity to learn more about um, C60, if you want to provide your website or people, a way people can get in touch with you. The website is nirvanicnaturals.com. Okay, and spell um, that? It's spelled N-I-R-V-A-N-I-C-N-A-T-U-R-A-L-S.com. Nirvanicnaturals.com. And uh, I've, I've put a bunch of scientific information on there that uh, will help shed some light on the physical health benefits of uh, the, the unique C60 blend that we make at Nirvanic Naturals and how it can help. And there's, uh, there's also an email address on there through which I invite any questions or comments. Okay. And I'm very happy to continue to uh, spread the message about this new healing ally we have and of course, Rebecca, thank you so much of course. for the forum you've created uh, that provides an avenue for psychonauts, ayahuasca journeyers, to be able to share their experiences, but also ways in which these experiences have been made tangible and grounded to impact in a very material way the community we're all a part of. So thank you for this lovely forum. Of course, and I'm so glad you joined me today. And uh, thank you, everybody. I hope you're getting a good start to 2020. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Please support this program with a $1 per month contribution by visiting ayahuascatalks.love and clicking on the green Become a Patron button in the upper right-hand corner of the homepage. Patrons will be invited to join our exclusive Ayahuasca Talks Facebook group to keep the conversation going and connect with other listeners. Your support is needed and appreciated. For more Ayahuasca integration content, please visit RebeccaHayden.com and to connect with me directly, 
please email rebecca.hayden at gmail.com.